Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined once again by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? It's going great. It's, uh, it's been a good week. I'm, especially this week is uh, in the United States. It's what we call Thanksgiving week. It's we have a mm-hmm. holiday on mm-hmm. a Thursday, and tends to make the entire week all slow when there's a holiday in the middle of the week. Yeah, I I keep uh, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this in years past, but um, I'm getting more and more emails uh about black friday week oh, it's been black friday all, month at some places it's... all the various retailers we're talking menards adagio t uh, uh woot.com new egg gamefly literally everyone and i'm like can you call it can you call it black friday if it's the whole week yeah. i mean obviously you don't want to call it black week or something but like cyber deal i mean i guess cyber monday is next week but yeah, it's it's a mess, and I'm sure it's worse in the time of COVID. I've not really, look, I mean, I've opened a couple of them to look at, you know, the products and maybe and maybe click through, but I haven't read any of the copy. I'm sure the copy is all like, in these troubling times, hope this finds you well, kind of, uh, you know, yeah. kind of pandering uh, reminder of of you know the, the situation this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a mess. Anyway. I don't want to talk about that. That's a bummer. Um, <laughs> it is a bummer. I I, I, I was I, wanting um, to go to. I can't even think of what you know. I wanted. I you know I go to. I always go to. We have this every year when we start this. I go to Black Friday for like movies and randomly mm-hmm. pick up. Oh, look, my kid might like that for Christmas. Just just random, kind of not really going for the sales or doing it. I mean, going for the sales, but not like wanting anything in particular. Yeah, uh, but it's nice. I usually come up well. You know, I, I have like a two hundred dollar budget or something to spend, or if it's for Christmas stuff. But I can't do that this year. So, and and shopping online is not the same. It's not like I peruse through and see this thing that like an art box that Sydney might like online. It's just not the That's same. That's true. That's true. You get you get other things that you don't get in person, like reviews and uh, you know, no no sales per- people just just ads so i don't know what just yeah I, I get old man crotchety reviews these days because then you get somebody who's like i give this a one star because i you know the box was terrible it had a dent in the box i'm like oh my god you right know? right like, like i bought the wrong one one star one star um, <laughs> like yeah they, they shipped it uh, to me and then shipped it back for free and came and picked it up and then gave me brought me one personally i still think i only get two stars for that and you're like right right god uh anyway um i <laughs> Uh, just, just briefly, um, I got the opportunity to play my PlayStation. I know we were talking. Oh, about hey, never playing. But your PlayStation Five? Uh, no, um, no. Yes, <laughs> right. Um, I I didn't play for very long, but I had I had patched um, Borderlands Three, or I thought I had, and so I started it up and got it rolling on its download while I um, watched the first half of or the second half of our movie this week and then uh and then played a little bit of borderlands 3 i realized that i played original borderlands on i think probably the 360 xbox um but i played borderlands 2 a couple times i mean i don't know that i ever finished the story but i got into it a couple times um on my pc oh okay so i really struggled like hitting stuff right (laughs) Yeah, yeah aiming Aiming with a controller is a whole different thing. It requires sure. a, a different kind of of, of uh, dexterity. Sure. And I got to, 
I got just a little bit into it and I was like, am I going to, am I going to just not play this? Cause this is not <laughs> like, I'll have it. And I'm sure Andrew will want to play it at some point. Like, uh, some of the other games that, that here I have bought. Yeah. Um, and then I got a different kind of weapon. Like I got a shotgun and got the, the buttons, right. Got my first power. I'm playing the, um, the siren, siren, what the siren. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, um, the wizard type class. Yeah. She has a, she has a thing that'll like project, a uh, a thing forward and blast everything right in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and got a little bit of the rhythm down of, uh, mailing things and then shooting them. I had some skags coming out. So they're, oh, yeah, right. You know, yeah. They're melee and they charge you. And that is a little bit easier because, you know, they're going to run right into point blank range if you can, if you can manage that. But I did that. I played, you know, like half an hour. Yeah. Um, it was, it was pretty good. We, uh, I, I played, uh, that sorcerer or siren to like level 10. I thought that was going to be my main seemed the most interesting. I was playing with, with, I, I, I played it and then I started playing with Sydney. I said, oh, I'll play something different with Sydney. And I played the one that's like diva. It's like got the, the big uh-huh, mech thing. Yeah. And I never looked back. That was the most funnest mm-hmm. time was playing that mech nice. thing. It was just like, you could just start specking it out where it's out all the time, constantly forever. Like so much fun. Was, that then, was the yeah. I played the other female character. It was between those yeah. two yeah. for me. I kind of liked the hunter thing, but he's he's like this big giant robot guy, and I'm like, eh. Yeah, S- Sydney played that, and it was very cool. Like it was, um, she had I so mean, many cool things. It's Borderlands. I'm sure they're all all the the classes. The characters are fun. They're not yeah. really classes. Cause yeah, it, the, I think as we said earlier before, I think the most fun of that game. I, I'll, I'll I'll forget the story in about a month. You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, the story is fine when you're playing. It's just fun and bite size and sugar candy stuff. But yeah. the, and with all the Borderlands are, but, uh, really the best thing about that game is just, just the guns. It's just, you pick up something new and it like blows up the planet and you're like, what, what just happened? You know, it's, <laughs> everything is so wild and different. And I, I'm amazed that they must have just a person on the people, a team of people are on their development team. that are just weapon makers. Right. And. They're, I believe it. They're while the, some of the stats are procedurally generated between the stuff, like what they do, are, there's just so many that are so different. Yeah, I I picked up a couple things early on, and they might be abusing the fact that this is the third in a franchise. But they're yeah. like, I'm comparing two weapons, and this one's like, uh, plus plus you know twenty percent uh, damage, yeah. minus fifteen percent reload speed. Plus yeah. something magazine capacity, minus yeah. something recoil, plus yeah. something uh, accuracy, minus something. There are like eight stats listed down, like right. just in the just in the bonus stats. That's not even counting the the basic um, stats. Like those are just the modifiers on it. Right. And I'm like, this is a, okay. Well, I'm glad that there are little arrows to tell me up or down because. Yeah, uh, that 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 was basically I'm, the whole I'm game. I gonna, didn't care. I just, I just, I'm not going to even read all of these, let alone, you know, try yeah. to try to. Um, I, th- I think those are just for the uh, like the the people who like those little stat things. But the like, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with Diablo, obviously. right? It's the exact same thing with Diablo. I picked that that game, and I'll be like, I have no idea. There's so many stats on this thing that are all you know pluses and minuses minutia. But really, all you need is like the eye level type stuff and the color. And for sure, it. for sure. And and then yeah, when it, with with Borderlands is when you pick when you shoot it too. It's like, oh yeah, I don't care what the stats are. I murder face with this one. 
Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just more of that than I think even the previous Borderlands games, even more sure. than sure, I bet. than Diablo or or other. I'm like, man, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, that's guns though, right? Like people people that are into games with guns or probably game of guns in real life too. Like, you know, there's just a lot of there are a lot of factors. Um and sure. so that sort of makes sense. But yeah, that game seems all right. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it was fun. I'm I'm glad I played through it and I had a good time. And it'll 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 be one that I don't play again. Like I, I'll occasionally pull out games because I you know own them physically, mm-hmm. and I'll replay them. I don't you know I mean I, that's not I'm not knocking on it. It's just that it's something I played and I did, right? Um, yeah. I, I'm right now. I I picked up last weekend. I picked up uh, the Avengers game. And I know that's been out for a couple months now, but by yeah, Square I've, Enix. I've not, I mean, I haven't really um, looked into it that much, but most of what I've heard on that has been pretty, pretty like wishy-washy. Like I haven't heard any great. I get, I get that. I, I, on it. I get that. And I'll tell you, I tell you, I, I spent some time. I came in thinking, you know, hearing that like it wasn't that people didn't like it or didn't, didn't hate it, you know? And, and I, I will say that, something that I felt strongly about that hurt that was that they, when they released their initial like launch trailer for it, it was this big full of cinematics and the cinematics are ugly. Like they're, yeah, the that's, hair that's looks what like I was, terrible. I was going to say that was the first time I heard about this game was like, it was like a Super Bowl commercial or something. And like the faces all looked the same. And the, yeah. the, you know, when we, you know, these are characters that we have movie portrayal of, and these are just like, really generic all kind of male looking faces they were and they were very and that's and that's like uh, that's very much it it i'm i don't know if i'm being regional so or they, whatever but it's it's uh fi- it's made by japanese people fix that okay okay i maybe, mean i mean no maybe they th- maybe they think all white people look the same yeah i mean that's what i said it's 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 made by japanese people so i'm, I'm assuming they this is like their best shot at making what Americans look like, you know, and, uh, and they have, and, and I'm going to be again, regionalist here too, is that it has, uh, their hairstyles are like Japanese hairstyles. So they're like big kind of wavy hair, or if you take like a, an anime character's hair and put it on them and you're like, no, that doesn't, that doesn't look like Tony Stark or, you know, Bruce Banner, like he's been growing his hair out and it just, yeah, it's, it's just different. Um, anyway, that their cinema wasn't very good. I think people were excited about Square Enix making a game, a Marvel game, but, uh, then they had, then all they showed was really the cinema stuff. So the, the, the other thing that kind of hampers the, the lukewarmness of it is that it plays really well and the story runs really well and feels really good. Um, but it's offered to you slowly. And there seems to be a lot of, um, uh, I mean, a, how do I say, a good big part of the game is pl- is the repeatability of it. So kind of like saying um, in Diablo 3, um, mm-hmm. you can play multiplayer in the, in the adventure mode, right? Right. And you right. can go in there and you start kind of like killing face and taking your awesome, you know, demon slayer and start wizard and start blowing things up even at level one you can start playing with friends and doing these kind of you know adventure mode stuff right sure and and that's for some people a lot of fun that's actually why they play it right it's the most fun they they get in there and they just want to kill things it's kind of like 
Borderlands, you go there and just start shooting things. But this yeah, game, just a just a grind. I don't know. Grind seems like the wrong word. It does seem. Like, see, that's uh, that's what I'm saying. It's just it seems like the wrong word. It's it's part of the fun, right? Like it's going and blowing stuff up, getting new items, leveling your yeah, character like up, like a like a loot grinding game. And I don't mean that derogatorily. Yeah, it's just a game that like maybe you play through the story once, but the main gameplay loop is uh, get in, kill some stuff, maybe get some cool rewards, uh, some some cool loot, and right. and be done. Like no. Right. No um, uh, long long term time, long term, term, term commitment. I don't know how I'm trying to say yeah. that. Like big big commitment. Of, there's no big commitment. There's no of time, time sink in it. You're right. Yeah. And there's no like once you get through the story once, like that's it. And there's a whole new like mode and and type of game to play where now you can uh, um, on subsequent plays. You know you don't care about the story at all. It's something different from like a what I think of a, a console. I say console, but like a triple A RPG, these are the games that I play on console. That's the only reason I say yeah. console. Like Witcher Three is on PC. People, you know. Um yeah. but the kind and and that's a poor example because Witcher's fairly open world. But like I could play through the story of Tomb Raider and then still have stuff to do. Yeah. Right? A bunch of completionist stuff. I can go to old zones and replay old missions. That's not that's not the same thing. It when you get to the end of a of a single player story RPG like that, you feel like you're done, but you could do more stuff if you want. In yeah. a game like Diablo or I presume to an extent Borderlands, though I've never gotten that far into Borderlands except maybe the first one. Um or like uh, Destiny was this way. Yeah. Like you get or Destiny 2, I didn't play the first one. Um you get through the story and you have a sense of okay, that's this part of the game, but now I can do the main game, which is just this, like, running around, having fun, not care about the story. Yeah, uh, so mode. so this 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 seems to be, that's what this game has a lot of. Like, they, they really okay. thought of what might be, I'm using air quotes, end game. Like, after the game's beat, what do you do? And it feels like there's a lot in this game for that. And, and people... You know, it was it was almost kind of when you saw the actual gameplay of it, it's what it was. It was like you get in there, you get to fly as Iron Man and wreck stuff as Hulk, and the the Hulk is destroying everything. And it was like, oh yeah, these are okay. This is cool. Let's 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 do that. But this game, you don't you don't get to do that right away. Like you, what you get to do is you. It's store. It's very story driven. So you get in and you you can't play multiplayer unless you're like yeah, you can't play multiplayer. You can't do anything but the campaign story. Right? It's the only thing you can do is, and, and you have one character. You've got Kamala Khan, which which she's great in this, by the way. Okay. And yeah. she's pretty fun, but it's that's all you get. And not until about, I'm about 20, 25% way into the game, and I've been playing it pretty good the last several days. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I just got Black Widow. So I had uh, uh, Kamala, the Hulk, um, I had Iron Man, and just got... Um, Black Widow, and you you can't play the multiplayer fun adventure mode until you play through the whole game, uh, mm. which is, it makes people like, and it's a long game. It's not like a, yeah. it's kind of like almost like a Diablo type thing. So you can't do any of that for fun and do the, the cool like grinding, unlocking all the cool outfits and the, the cool uh, items and equipment and the powers and 
tweaking the special talent trees until after the game's over. So the real, mm -hmm. I'm going to say, fun part of the game isn't until it's like 30 hours in. 34. You're gated behind this. It right. sounds similar. Like, I wonder how the, um, the unlocking experience is in Diablo for new players. Because, you know, I played that game since it launched, uh, Diablo 3. And they didn't add adventure mode until like the first expansion. Yeah, it was, um, it was, I can say it was very frustrating for Sydney. The only expansion. But you still like, you can play the Diablo 3 story in multiplayer. Uh, yeah. It was, it was rough for a while, but that option was there. It sounds similar to some of the issues we had with um, the, the main story uh, quest in, in Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. Although, Maybe even worse, because same thing, like, we were low level, you know, early in that story, and we could still run dungeons and do all of the fun stuff. It's part of the reason that it took me so long to finish the first chapter of that main story quest, is because I was just doing other things. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that sounds kind of lame. Yeah. Did it, you so, ever so play... It was, oh, sorry, it, just, it, was um, all, it was all gated, yeah, so ahead. it was just all gated, and it's been gated mm -hmm. so far, and I'm enjoying it, because actually, I was going to tell Justin, talk to Justin, our another comic book buddy here is right. that um, I'm enjoying the story. Like I'm enjoying the characters and what's happening. And it's like a really cool comic book. Now I'm really, really distracted. The fact that Nolan North has played Tony Stark. He is uh, Nathan Drake for those who oh. played, played uh, mm. Uncharted and he plays, he sounds like Nathan Drake. I mean, Nathan Drake is kind of a flippant, flippant, uh playboy kind of character anyway so it fits for tony but it's just like nathan drake is there instead of you know tony stark yeah that's that's weird it's very very um, distracting so i'm i'm trying to i mean i think we had this i don't know if we talked but maybe we we're talking about a different game um i'm trying to think of what uh kind of game to compare this to and i played a game i don't think you've played marvel ultimate alliance 3 i played two Okay, but three, three is Switch only. I don't know. I don't think it still is, but it started as. I think. Switch, I think Switch it exclusive. is. Maybe it's. Maybe it is. It might be Xbox. Um, um, I don't know if I played either of the previous uh, games in the series, but that game, and I also didn't play that very long. Um, our buddy Fox and I played it a couple hours right when it came out, and then, uh, and then that never happened again. It was pre-pandemic. Um, but it's a kind of like a little bit Diablo style, like the cameras top down, um, except the squad thing. Like, uh, yeah, I don't, so I don't know what to compare this to, but you have, you have four players, you have four heroes and you, um, can switch between them. Yeah, the, uh, that, and they have different the, yeah, abilities, that, and the other the ones you're not playing will go on AI. Um, yeah, that that is that is not this game for sure. This game, I mean, it it does have the action to it. It's more like a third person, like okay. not shooter, but third person uh, action brawler, I guess you'd say. Um, and like a like a like an Arkham game, like an Arkham game, yes, like an or, Arkham game, or a little more probably. I mean, I think. I think the Arkham games have a reputation uh, for their. Um, I would say like an Arkham like, game. That's a that's like a close. Heavy counter based combat. And yes. I don't. I don't. 
is is it that way? It, it it has it has counters in it for sure, but not okay. as heavily. Batman feels like leans himself to that that counter combat a, but, a lot, like right, a, like a lot, right. So, but, but this and this does more, have that. And if you're good at it, you, and some characters are even better, like Black Widow is really good. At, you can spec even more into it. Okay, so just like a typical, um, as again, I'm going to say console RPG, like like a Tomb Raider or Uncharted or god of war sure um, but but this this is much more actiony so it's much it's okay. as in the superhero vein where it's like especially when you're the hulk you're just bashing through stuff like hulk doesn't you know counter he can't, does have a counter but and, and I'm, I'm sure if you're better at it you can but i just go into rage and start getting my life back from punching and stuff like that so it's sure sure you know i mean again there's i, I like that there's different like specs i guess you can say it's you can pick your different powers. Right, right. For example, for Iron Man, I spec into lasers. So I have I equip myself with lots of lasers and use those powers a lot. And then stuff that supports my lasers. Um, and then my super, there's three different kinds of ultimate stuff. And I'm specking into Unibeam type stuff. Um, or the Hulkbuster armor, if you like that one. Uh, so there's, I mean, it's it's you have your cool character. And you get to make him kind of how you want. And there's a tons, like I said, costumes and there's item levels and items and stuff like that. You pick up your characters and levels up and powers and talent trees. And so it's got a lot of stuff. But again, all that, all that stuff is locked till later. And some of those things are even locked mm. in the campaign. Like I can't get Iron Man's ultimate until I get to mission, whatever on the campaign. Right. Cause it's part of the story. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that, that, that can lead, I think to this kind of wishy washy feeling of like, it's fun, but I don't get to start off being Iron Man or Hulk or Thor or whatever. Mm-hmm. You play Kamala Khan, who they they intentionally made it be this person you don't know, so that you can introduce it to her. And she's great. She's really, really great in the story, just like yeah. she is in the comic books. A, it's a just lot of people different. like that character. Yeah, it's just it's just it's just not. I don't think what necessarily somebody expected when they buy a superhero game. They expect you know to start yeah. become Iron Man right away. It's Square Enix. Um, and, and I'll, and to be honest on their side, they didn't really fix those, those, uh, crappy looking character faces and stuff. Their hair mm. still looks not right. And their, and their face is all Play-Doh-y kind of, um, the Hulk looks fantastic, <laughs> but he doesn't look like a person. Right, right. So, yeah. And then like Bruce Banner is whiny as all Science whiny monster. gets. And he's one of the main persons for the whole beginning of the game. So it just has a slow kind of beginning it feels like kind of like when you play a square Final Fantasy game that has a slow beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm sticking with it. I'm starting. Like I said I've got Black Widow, and she's all of a sudden real fun. I'm looking forward to playing Thor, and I'm actually you you get to play them enough where you get kind of invested in them, and then you introduce another character, and you're playing that one. Uh, you can switch there. That's a thing to you, like you said. It's it is four player. Um. And the other ones are AI, but you don't get a switch. Like you pick for this mission, I'm going to be Hulk, hmm. and and you can pick who you want to come along with you. Three other NPCs, okay, um, sure, w- which is cool. I mean, I, now I only had two, but I only had Hulk and, and Iron Man. But the best thing about the game that, that I will say about this is that when you're playing who you're playing, you really feel like them. Like I Iron Man felt okay. like I was playing Iron Man. Like I was just that's. That's important. It's real important. Like all of a sudden I could take off with my, in the middle of combat while Hulk is smashing things up, I could just take off with my rocket into jets or whatever, start flying around and strafing things like a jet across the battlefield while they're down there fighting. If that's the play style I wanted, or I could 
stand up, shoot rockets. I could come in and do what if I wanted to, I specced into more melee stuff with my lasers. Like, and then that felt very techy and Iron Man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Hulk is just simply like, just, I mean, everything is smashing and just beating the crap out of things and roaring. And like, it just felt like he's nice. tumbling. Yeah. And his travel stuff is he just jumps and you just keep bouncing. So he just like bashes the ground as he runs. And it just, it just gives you the feel of, of that stuff. And I, when I played black widow last night, she was super like acrobatic, right? Like everything she does was mm-hmm. the guys couldn't touch her and she's swinging, swinging around and hitting quick. And yeah. So anyway, it's, it's getting more and more fun as I play it, but I wonder if some people didn't play it a bit and then like, okay, I'm, you know, I got to play something else. That's more. Right. Yeah. Know, that. Eh, that, it's a long way to say that, but I'm, I'm doing it. It's fun. I'm also playing anyway. the, the, the Neverwinter MMO off and on, but that's neither here nor there. Can you tell me a little bit about your yeah, experience we with talked the new about, thing? We talked about Neverwinter uh, last week. Right. Yeah. So uh, your we, new thing? We, we talked about this last week. Um, yesterday, we're recording on a Tuesday, uh, November 24th. Last night, uh, the new WoW expansion came out. That's, uh, that's World of World Warcraft of Shadowlands. Warcraft. <laughs> um, yeah, we, everybody calls it WoW. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so we played that a little bit last night. It was a typical launch, a lot of, a lot of time trying to log in and getting kicked out and have, I also had, uh, uh, maintenance on our, on our internet service here at the farm, which is why we didn't record last night when we normally do, which, um, which, uh, that internet didn't help an already rough internet. Right, right. Exactly. Um, but uh yeah so we're we're doing that it's it's pretty cool um the the, uh, the well, I can uh, talk about the story but there's so much context that you need it's we talked about it a little bit i think uh when we covered blizzcon it's basically the sort of afterlife of the world of warcraft universe you're going to tartarus and, yeah and you get down there and there's a sort of there's almost like a Harry Potter sorting hat, although it only seems that way because of Harry Potter. Like the concept, uh, you know, in mythologies of like um, chooser of the slain or like a uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking like for? An arbiter I, or something? Or the... Yeah, in the game, I think I think it is an arbiter. There's an arbiter and an archon, and those are okay. similar kind of words. But when when a soul comes from you know one of the one of the living worlds to this place they're sorted into various uh houses uh afterlives yeah houses <laughs> um there's a there's a like a celtic fae one there's a zombie undead one there's a gothic vampire one and the one you start in is a sort of greek angel kind of the the people there are all blue skinned and they have they have big wings like you know seraphim and and whatever Mm -hmm. in diablo um and like gold armor um so yeah that's what we've been doing just questing through the through the main story i Uh, i will say i i have in the last year i have it on three separate occasions and one of these was like last week um okay tried to go through and read like i guess the search is almost every time it's been what is new in World of Warcraft Shadowlands or, or, you know, what's the new features or something like that. So I guess like, Oh, maybe that's something that sounds cool. I'll go back. It is, it is so difficult 
as someone who's not been part of that thing for so long to right. understand most anything they're talking about. And, yeah. and, and even on their official things, they talk in terms of their own game. Like it's sure. like it, they say, this is our new take on M plus plus quests, just like the, the stash quest where we did in, in Pandora mm -hmm. with it. You know, like, I have no idea any of these words that you're talking about. You can't, yeah. right. It, it makes no sense. And and now we're, we're changing the access to the death Knights with the pan, the, like, I, what if I don't know what a death knight is? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's not very, yeah, well, none of their well, stuff we, is very welcome. We went through that. I mentioned last week that uh, our buddy Fox asked about the game, and I'm like, boy, what do I... And, of course, we overwhelmed him with information anyway. I can I imagine. Like, what's, what's the barest amount of information I can give you? Okay, Shaman is like the, air, the last airbender. Yeah. It's not, and that's that's way over... But I'm like, I can't, I can't get into the details. I can't explain to him, like ghost wolf and heroism or bloodlust depending on we're playing word yeah. now so i guess that's what it's so yeah. like that and like the, the 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 what we used to call the ankh when it took the, the like self-res and then like that's just one class and then like how do you explain a druid and it's and it's shape-shifting what well, well, not to like, mention when you have to un even understand the concept of what a tank is right because you've never yeah played yeah MMOs, to a to know? a guy who's never played an mmo i'm like how do I explain the the MMO Trinity to to somebody who's yeah. <laughs> like it, there's just, just so much, much here? I'm like, really, I need to just give him the barest minimum. Like, look at the classes and pick one you think that looks cool because you're going to be looking at it a lot. And then, you know, just when you when you come to something like, just ask because there's going to be more, and we can't. Yeah, I, can't I mean, give that, you all the information. When you, when you think back at it, it, you know, even when when you or anyone starts a game, you just pick up what's cool and what you think sounds neat without without yeah. knowing all of the meta. And and then if it if the meta gets really bad early, if you start, you know, you get to let's say twenty percent into a a character's development in any game, not just MMOs or anything, and you start to realize that this isn't fun. Usually, you start with some, you do something different, right? Yeah. You you play a different thing. So yeah, I think, I mean. For me, I th I'm sure it would be a, a fun experience playing it again, just like most MMOs have their own thing and are fun. And and mm -hmm. I've been at WoW, so I'm familiar with that one. But I, I say it's it, getting... Get, I, we've done it before with just recently with Final Fantasy, and now I'm doing it and really spending a lot of brain power to get into Neverwinter for the same exact reasons mm -hmm. um, that getting into established MMOs are, is overwhelming. And I know they... It's a thing that all of the development teams work so hard to try to overcome, but I don't know if it's a possible thing. Uh, I, I'll I, say, I honestly I'll think say that they should start the, thinking the, about second versions of these games. I think that should be sure. a normal thing. That's a that's a thing. That's a conversation that comes up fairly often with WoW. They're like, will there ever be a WoW 2? And then they point at things like uh, one of the EverQuests or yeah. something. Or no, EverQuest uh, RuneScape or EverQuest did it too. Yeah. They'll do a version 2 of their game and then the original one becomes more popular. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of what WoW Classic is, except it's going backwards. I'll say that this, this version, this iteration of, or expansion, whatever you want, because this was true before the expansion when they did the sort of pre-patch event. Um, I think this is the most accessible the game's ever been. Um, be mostly because of the leveling experience. Um, I mean, our our friend Scott has joined us. He was playing Classic for a while, and then I think dropped out a few months ago. 
Um, and he's, I think he's almost to 50. He was like 46 or 47 earlier this evening. And I think he rolled this new character like three days ago. Now, granted, he's played the game a lot, so he knows. But um, I think even for a new player, you could get up to the beginning of the of the new content, the Shadowlands content, probably in a week of moderately casual uh, playtime, you know, a couple hours a day. But um, but but still, it, is that good? Like we talked about the Final Fantasy thing. Um, I it's been I've been on record saying that it's like the story is so much and so long and so everything. And they went through and took out twelve percent of it, um, and it was still like that's as minimum as they could take out. And the, at some point, you start thinking like you can't take things out. It's it's the game. It's kind of like what it is is it's sitting down with Final Fantasy one through ten, and there's ten of them out, and you're like. Okay, you got to create a character in Final Fantasy One, and we're we're making Final Fantasy Twelve now. And if you keep playing, you can play through all of them and get up to twelve. You're like, oh my god, that's so much, right? It's it, it's kind of like, oh, and then we're gonna put a thirteen out after that. And you you kind of wonder if they shouldn't just stop and say, okay, we're gonna make that's one game, and now we're gonna start start again. And, and I know so, that's sort of how it is. Like they're do they're doing this time walking thing, and that's what I did, but. For new players like for Fox, he doesn't he didn't have that option. Um you know, you go through the introduction thing, and then I think I think it maybe sent him directly to Battle for Azeroth. So you don't really know, but like you're dropped in this world and you go, Okay, here you are, you're this this race, and you're on this faction, and here's your your king or war chief or whatever, and you're gonna go do this thing, and you go through the story of battle for Azeroth. Like, yes, you're maybe a little bit, uh, you know, not sure what's going on, but people who've been playing the whole time can just as easily be confused with what's going on. Right. It's like, how much <laughs> is the story is important. The difference is it doesn't take a month of leveling to get to the current content. And you don't have to go through just a little bit of a bunch of old stories and be confused. You're like, wait, I thought that, that Thrall was the war chief. Now it's this guy. What? Why is that? And then you get in a different, and you know, and then it's then it's um, Vol'jin. It's one of the trolls, and that was Sylvanas. After that, and you're like, I don't understand what's like. You you get more, yeah, <laughs> more confused. But um, you know, it's an expansion, so a bunch of things are new. Yeah. The the level cap you're shooting for is sixty again instead of hundred and twenty, like it was in. Uh, so just just you know. Uh, um, from a from a semantics, uh, uh, you know, standpoint, I think it's it's more it's more beginner friendly or or returning sure. player friendly than it's been. I mean, you're always going to have you're always going to have stuff, right? It's you know, like what is this? This whole you know, there's 16 years of of loot and gear and items and professions and continents and and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, I don't know, like. Doing a doing a WoW two would be it would be an incredible risk, I think. Yeah, I mean it, it is, and that's why that's why MMOs don't do it. I mean, yeah. EverQuest two did, and what they learned from EverQuest two is that it split its player base. Is that they had that they had they had an EverQuest a massively successful game with EverQuest, and then they had half the people go over to play EverQuest two, and EverQuest one it was EverQuest one people, 
So the, the big fear is that you're not going to get new people. You're just going to split up the people that you have, which I think that's the fallacy is that, that they don't promote it as a new player thing. And they also don't want to hurt their current people. Like they don't want to wow to die. Yeah. Right. They, they right. want to, to and, and then them to go over to this new risky type thing. It's, it's very much a business kind of decision that if it ain't broke, don't fix it type thing. We, we've got, I mean, we've that's got 10, wh- players, that's why they, 10 players. That's why they put off classic for so long. Like, People would do private servers and they would get shut down and all this, but then, you know, they put a bunch of resources into into classic and included it in the sub. Like you, you know, there's one WoW subscription and it covers both games. Um, that, that's the biggest know, thing too. Is that, is that I don't know how well together. it's doing. I know that um, my buddy Sean is still playing. They must be doing, uh, you know, Nax Ramus or something by now. But um, it, you know, that's I'm sure that there were there are a decent amount of people who are are back into in you know have a subscription again just for classic who weren't yeah i I think the key there was that that they like they already they weren't making new stuff i mean i know that it took i'm sure it took a ton yeah it's weird it's like a it's like a version two but in reverse yeah and and that way they're not but they never have to make new content to compete with so it's not like i mean if if you're making let's say everquest 2 an expansion comes out for EverQuest 1, which is all new stuff, and an expansion mm-hmm. comes out for EverQuest 2, which is also all new stuff, you're competing. People who play like WoW Classic aren't ever getting new stuff. Right. right? They're the, getting... If you want new stuff, stuff added, you go to the they're thing. They're getting yeah. stuff added, but it's the old content. So also the, the players on WoW Retail don't have to worry that, um, you know, that their new, new content releases is, is stagnating because of because of classic yeah it, it's just it's just a weird i think it's a it's it, it's a it's poisonous cycle i think of mmos and and it, it causes mmos to be the situation where they're at now is that they just don't last for for i mean they last they actually do last forever but they don't you don't see more of them one is that they're too much they're too expensive to make but yeah. uh, but the and maintain and everything but you don't see a ton of them because you know you make one. You, you're going to have one Elder Scrolls game, and that's it, mm-hmm. right? You're going to have one uh, Star Trek thing, as you had said before. Like it's sad because you know you'll never have another one again. Yeah, nobody's. And I mean, I hope I'm wrong about this, but nobody's ever going to make another Star Trek MMO, and no one's going to make another probably another WoW MMO, and probably another another one. So anyway, it, it's just what I'm lamenting. It'd be nice to be able to, to play a game, and I'm, I'm I'm actually this last year been really looking at. Anything that's going to come out that's a new MMO to start on the ground, it's it's really fun, and you know to start at at day one and mm-hmm. and play through and learn all the stuff and and not have it overwhelmed because it's it's very daunting. I mean, like I said I'm playing Neverwinter Nights, and it is still very daunting with the amount of content that's out there. Not that I need, to, I don't have any feeling to rush to the end because I'm not paying attention to what the modern content is, mm-hmm. um, and I don't have like friends that I have to rush up to. Um, and it's a little bit different too. It's like the actual, I'm used rate storyline happens in the game. Well, you know, like the raids and you're constantly grouping all the time if you want to or not. Um, Hmm. and, uh, I I don't even know if they have in game. I'm sure they do have in game raids, but anyway, it's just so much. I don't have to worry about that, but I still, there's just so much, there's so many vendors and systems. And then you, 
they're doing their very best job to slowly introduce it to you, but it feels like I'm at like level 20 and every two levels they're trying to explain a new mechanic. Hmm. Right. That I'm sure was introduced in another expansion. And then now we have soul shards and now we have, you know, these different kinds of treasure chests. And now we have this right. different, you know, like, man, I get it after, you know, 20 years of wow or something. I'm sure they have so many mechanics that are just impossible for somebody new to understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. That's a thing that, I mean, they've had different versions of like, you do class trials or whatever, and you go through a little bit of a, tutorial um but the the island which is sort of a tutorial it's your whole first 10 levels um it has a couple things where like one of the quest npcs is going to fight you right they're going to duel and so they'll go and they'll say hey you should it it varies depending on your class like i'm playing a, a my warlock and they're like you know put corruption on that's a damage overtime spell that that ticks damage every you know second or whatever on that timer yeah and you know she'll say if you do this then i'll take damage and while that happens you can cast your what i call it fireball but it's like soul soul fire yeah um and then when when uh the the dot the damage over time is almost is almost ticked off boy i'm using so many terms that i'm trying to explain Uh, (laughs) you, you cast a spell on an enemy and it does damage every second for its duration right so it'll last like 15 seconds and it'll do damage every second so you want to reapply it when it's almost done of those 15 seconds so that you're not wasting um time that it could have just been ticking off on its own yeah um, it's a fairly basic video game mmo concept like i played the bard in great but, but for someone like a fox a or who's a new player or even if you're like right and just so 15 they, and getting your what, first game what i thought was cool was like i understand that but i'm playing this island and it when it's almost done the NPC will go hey this you know moonfire is almost ticked off you should cast it again and so it gives you like just the basics of how your class works um as part of that as part of that introduction you know series of quests which I yeah cool. yeah and anyway. there's, there, there's always that you know also uh starting a new game would give so much new opportunities and creative things and uh push the push the genre and stuff like that but who knows the, the best thing i think that they would ever be able to do is with that kind of stuff is have a, a world of diablo or a world of starcraft or something like that mm. and instead of trying to make a wow too yeah, I think it sounds like they're maybe trying to make uh, Diablo Four a little bit, a little bit more MMOy. Like, yeah, pick up some of the some of the lessons from Path of Exile. Yeah, maybe. that's that's what uh, um, Torchlight Three tried to do, and then they got oh, money they, money pulled from them and all that. Kind then of they stuff, so. then they had to bail on it. Yeah, yeah, uh, but because they, they weren't Blizzard. They didn't have like the unlimited <laughs> time and money type thing. They didn't were like, have had, the resources. Had, they had a, had a bank that said, you have a loan due, you better get to paying type thing. You know? mm. uh, right, right. Which, you know, when you're a, a company like WoW or like Blizzard, you you can you know do those things. And, and that's what oh, maybe with Diablo, they'll be able to do, like you said, spend the time and the money and the, the dedication to have it done, which will give us yeah. as consumers good, something neat, something new. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, that uh, I played, I played that, and that's been fun. I've been uh, watching some shows. Did we talk Mandalorian last week? I don't think we've talked about Mandalorian since the second episode with the eggs. Oh. 
that I'm the sure eggs. the whole internet knows about and has an opinion on. All the eggs. I uh, have just, opinions just on it. Like That's creepy. <laughs> That's just uh, yeah. creepy. We found the eggs on unsettl- unsettling. If you yeah, I I cool. found the that whole sec- second episode because the spider things are freak out about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I watch Mandalorian. You know, I, it's one of those shows that Sydney and I would put in the background as we get home and we're doing homework or we're. Uh, cleaning the house or whatever. We have Mandalorian on the background. It's one of those ones that I, I got to make sure that it's not season two because it's going to play that spider episode. Mm. And, and I can't randomly walk by the TV and see those things going on. That, that freaked me out. <laughs> uh, speaking of, before we get into that, I do want to uh, briefly mention a movie we watched last week uh, called Love and Monsters. Oh, yeah, right. I almost forgot about that. Right, yeah. Yeah, cool. so, well, you, you said the thing about spiders reminded me of it because it's this dystopian world where there are monsters and a lot of them look like normal animals, but gigantic, gigantic um, bugs. And right. yeah. th- there were a couple, there were a couple scenes in that movie where I, I had to alt tab out of my discord <laughs> streaming. I'm like, I, I get that. Watch I get this. that. Yeah. This is gross. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I enjoyed that movie. It was very bite sizey. Like, you know, just kind of sit down and have a snack type thing. Yeah. yeah. Just a kind of, um, post-apocalypse, not really dystopian, just post-apocalypse kind of monster movie with a cute, you know, not too, uh, not too stereotyped, um, um, love story, yeah. romance, romance. Yeah, story. I, I used to call those uh, Saturday afternoon movies, which yeah. meant that like when I was off out of school. And I didn't have anything to do yet. It wasn't Saturday night, so there wasn't like movies or things, you know, to watch sit in a dark room and watch movies with everybody on the TV or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, if someone had, friends hadn't come over to anything, you sit down and watch. It's still daylight out, so you just watch the TV and that's what's on. <laughs> it's nothing like stellar, right? It's whatever's on TV. Right. right. So that, it was one of, one of those kind of type things. So it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. It was, you, you said there was a, a couple things you thought was going to be stereotypical, but wasn't. And Right. Not, you know, not groundbreaking or anything, but, uh, you know, yeah, better uh, so, love story than Twilight, as we say. Right. So I don't, uh, I don't have, I don't have a lot to say about Mandalorian, except that it's, 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 uh, been fun this season. It's, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling it. So I think it's better kind of yeah, watch the whole season. I don't know that, I don't know that we want to do a whole spoilers segment and talk nah, about yeah. things. I, I, my biggest struggle going back and forth is I have a real, I have a really low time, and this is my bias, 100%, you know, address your emails to me, but <laughs> I have a, I have a really low tolerance for, like, super Star Wars, I say fan service, and I don't mean that derogatorily, but, like, just a bunch of little things, um, you know, the Ready Player One kind of stuff where I'm like, okay, I'm sure a Star Wars fan thinks that's cool, and that annoys me. And it's 100% like me being irrational and unfair to the show Um, because that's its whole thing. And definitely they will do things. um, What happened? Something happened in this last episode. And it's a good thing that I can't remember it specifically because it uh, would probably be a spoiler. Um, But it was one of those things that, you know, stirs the blood a little bit, gives you a little bit of chills. You're like, oh, that's just so cool. It's just a little, you know, as... As middle-aged men, it's the equivalent of like getting super excited as a as a kid, you know, over over something awesome you watched. Like for me, watching yeah. the train, the you know, fire belching out of the train in uh, 
in Back to the Future 3. Like I was yeah. you know, 12 or something. And I thought that was so awesome. The, um, this this season so far, just a broad stroke comment, uh, seems to me, for me, and only, and only my own opinion, could be the best season of Mandalorian yet. And that says a lot because Mandalorian was really great in the first one. But because it is uh, embracing its Star Wars-ness. I think I think the the first season was a western with some stuff in it, and it had um, a, a few little bones that it threw Star Wars people. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one feels like it has a lot of Star Wars stuff, and it throws a little bit of bones to the western stuff, right? Which, yeah. which is which is not terrible either way. You know, it's it's totally fine. I, I think after maybe I didn't say this on the show, but after the first episode or two. Um, I, I was annoyed at all of the original trilogy or really just a new hope, um, references and, and nods. I'll, I'll say that way instead of saying fan service. Um, and in later episodes, they're connecting more with other like TV shows, Mm -hmm. which annoys me only because I'm, I'm skeptical of whether the story is going to make sense without it. It's like when we watch game of Thrones and I'm like, you know, do people who didn't read the books, can they even, you know, appreciate what's happening? And you know, a good adaptation can do that. Right. That's, that's the whole goal. Like if all you're doing is, is bringing the other, you know, if you're, if, if you're just adapting a thing that you have to have seen or read or, or whatever the original thing, like that's a bad adaptation. Yeah, um, and, 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 we, and we've and not Mandalorian seen enough has, of this has definitely yeah. not done that. I mean, I said that at the beginning, you know, I'm being un, unfair to it just in my sort of emotional reactions to it. But knowing, not seeing those other shows and seeing the things that happen and the things the characters say, I'm like, I still am following along and am able to appreciate, you know, hints and, and reveals and, and, you know, whatever is going on in the story without knowing who this character is, without seeing the thing that she's from. And right. that... Um, I think specifically I, you're, you're referencing episode three, that something someone shows up in that one. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to be intentionally vague, even sure, though I sure, said sure. she. Um, um, and I have more... I'm more okay with that than just constantly referencing the movies. Like, that's not that... Like I don't know. It's just one movie. Like there's only so much of that you can do, and then like what what is even the point? Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to it's hard to say though, right? With this because uh, as fans of that stuff, it it gives you this little like hopeful chills that like oh maybe they will, and you and you're hopeful that you want that that stuff. I know that there's a specific character that's my favorite character that I hope that comes and and you see in on the modern day Star Wars, not in a cartoon type thing. Um, and, and when you hear that, or if people let's say people have read star Wars books or extended stuff, and there's a particular character that seems to be really popular in a book series. Right. And, and if they have a hint that they'll show up, that makes those people very excited. Right. Um, but it, if, like you said, if it's not portrayed well or shown well in the context of the story that you're telling there, then it's not very good. But I think that we don't know that yet. So it's a little exciting to talk about if we were doing a spoilers thing to say like, oh, there, there's this and there's this history and this thing. But we don't really know. Like, I don't really know if that's going to matter. 
right? It, it could end yeah. up being after the season is over that you get introduced to new people or characters that have Star Wars history, but you don't need to know them, and but you like them on their own, and then you want to learn more. That seems like a great way to hopefully they'll handle it, right? But we don't know. It could end up being where they're just feeding into my desire, me being a Star Wars fan of this one particular person, um, feeding into that desire to have them on the show, right? Which sure. would which would not be as good, and it would maybe need some explanation, which would not make it as good. But we're we're only like four episodes in so far, so it's hard hard to say that. Um, so anyway, that's something I think that this show will be one of those ones that could be great at the end. I feel happy that it has potential to be great. I'm enjoying what I'm enjoying most about this season is the high caliber graphics. I think that they've had hmm. it, feel, it feels pretty cool. I mean, they went to a water planet that was really neat. Mm-hmm. They went to uh, an ice planet that had some stuff. The only thing they're really relying heavily on, on Muppets on puppets though. You notice that? Sure. sure. That's like, that's like a lot. sort of, sort of typical. Yeah, right. I think we talked about um, the technology that they use to film this with the with the big, the big screen walls, like yeah, walls. yeah, right. that thing is is interesting. It's really cool. Um, I I I thought about that the other day. I like, you know, CGI almost always comes after the fact, right? Because they yeah, they'll, that's, they'll, they'll, that's, we add it in post. That's a big part of it. Like if they decide if the, the if the director decides that something in the set or the scenery or whatever needs to change, they can do it on the spot. And especially in a show where your protagonist is wearing shiny reflective armor all the time, uh, it probably helps a lot to have those, those reflections and, and, and shadows and highlights happen, happen naturally instead of having to, you know, do them all digitally. Right. The, 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 I know that there was a lot of outcry about, the prequels because they were all so heavily CGI and, and there wasn't a clone trooper ever costume ever made there. Mm. And they were proud of that for some reason. And they were uh, none of the aliens. They were all CG. Everything was CGI, right? Everything yep. Was. Yep. It was, it was, it was too much and, and it was way too much. Uh, so in, in episodes seven, eight, and nine, the, all the directors, especially J.J. Abrams, went to great lengths to use practical effects. They, as, right. as people cried out that that was one of a core thing of the original series, that it was felt lived in and real, and they were models, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, I, and I feel that John Favreau and his team of directors and producers here are kind of trying to do the same thing. They're trying to make, you know, when they walked into the bar in episode four, and there's all these, like, Muppets and puppets and not Muppets, they're... Jim Henson type, you know what I'm talking about, right? The, yeah, the, cost, yeah. the I mean, people between, in costumes clearly. Yeah, between right? the 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 new trilogy and the success of uh, the Dark Crystal series, um, yeah, you know they're yeah they're looking at stuff like that and going. But but you got to compare it to things like Star Trek that's putting mm-hmm. out shows and they have aliens too, but they don't look like puppets, right? Right, and and I I'm I am not in the camp of some Star Wars people that are like. Oh, but that's kind of a very thing about Star Wars. No, I don't think so. I think that's just what was, that was. Unfortunately, when you look back at four, five, and six, a limitation of the time. You know, right. you don't have to. And I and I point at the Frog Lady, which we mm-hmm. that that Frog Lady feels very like a person walking around in a costume with a Halloween outfit on. <laughs> you know, 
And it's just, yeah, I wish that they, they could do things like Star Trek has done and I make think, them cool. I think that's that's a, a an element of my sort of, I'll say, caution with with references and fan service. Like, I think if you get too far, if you get too far into that um you're 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 not moving forward right you're like oh this is the way and it can't i said this is the way (laughs) Um, he said this is the way (laughs) this is this is how star wars is and it can't ever it can't ever change or evolve i mean i appreciate that we've gotten (laughs) so much so much mandalorian story with no lightsabers i'm like yes the lightsaber is cool probably one of the coolest science fiction weapons ever conceived mm-hmm. but at some point like there's there's nice more to, to the story it. like yeah. i don't i don't need to see i don't need to see uh dudes lightsaber dueling to to have a cool fun story you yeah know? yeah and and the only thing it's going to do is that at some point in the series there will be a lightsaber fire and it will freak everybody out right they'll be like oh my god it's the best thing in the whole world which is good that they're using it pro- appropriately. Uh, so yeah, anyway, I, season's going well. It's got some, it's got some story into it. And and when we said story, Star Wars story, we're not necessarily talking about the movies because there are things in this series that are Star Wars, but they're not the movies that are, that are going on. So watch yeah. it and follow along. And I I have a feeling that they're gonna start going back to this episodic thing, next, you know, in the next couple of weeks. But who knows? Who knows mm-hmm. what they'll, they'll do? Speaking of of episodic and non-episodic things we do and moving over to Star Wars to Star Trek. So Discovery's been out recently, uh, plodding right along. Mm-hmm. And how are you feeling about Discovery this, this season? I'm, I'm enjoying it. I like it more. Uh, I, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say every episode gets better, but um, in our last conversation about it, you were saying that the technology uh, didn't seem to have improved drastically, and they've addressed some of that. It's some of that, yeah, you know, like sure. it doesn't seem a certain way, and you're like, well, just give it a couple episodes. Like they're they're you know uh, not spoon feeding it. They're you know slow slow release. I don't know what uh, idiom I was looking for with that, but um, you know they're they're slowly doing more of that. The story is still very Michael Burnham centric, which is annoying, but they are giving some of the other characters a little more time. So, so walk me through. Well, I guess we could do some spoilers here. Cause it, some of this stuff is character driven and that's important. Walk me through like how you feel about Federation in discovery now versus Federation before and what it is and it being in the, the future and all that. Okay. Um, Boy, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to hit the bell anyway. This is going to be mild spoilers. So if you're, you know, have only a passing interest in Star Trek, you probably don't care. But um, we talked about this before in previous episodes. I, I like that it's more, um, you know, that the that the Federation is diminished because of practical reasons, not ideological ones. Um, and... I love this is <laughs> this is my version of th- a thing you know Star Wars fans love that uh that Star Trek fans would be annoyed at right the fan fan service kind of thing and I don't know I mean 
I don't know, fan service seems like the wrong word for it. But um, I love the idea that um, Kaminar has joined the Federation, right? Like, we talked about, uh, boy, I said it was going to be spoiled, and it's not really, like, it doesn't have a major impact on the story, just on Saru's personal uh, journey. But we talked about his Short Treks episode, um, uh, The Brightest Star, and this idea of, you know, one curious person, you know, escaping to the stars, and that idea of first contact. Like, in, you know, I've said this before on the show, in the last... Um, the last couple of years, the the idea of first contact has become um, really, uh, I don't know, special, appealing, or whatever. Like maybe especially, yeah. especially this year or these last four years in our American political system. Like, like what would happen if you know Vulcans showed up one day and were real? <laughs> and people would, you know, get their work their crap out. Um, but like he goes through this journey and his planet is still is still isolated it's still pre uh pre warp pre prime directive and then he gets to the future and everybody's like you know disconnected everyone they knew is is dead and long gone and now the federation is basically is basically nothing but then for him to get that news that his people made it right like right. they did it right <laughs> And yeah, I thought that was I, I, that was really I, cool. And there there are a couple more stories like it, that. There's it feels you know, th- it feels weird. Like it feels like it feels big and small. Let's put it that way. It, it they they um they're the Federation, and they show mm-hmm. this cool like cloaked circular sphere thing that they're kind of in, right? Mm-hmm. And you go in there and it's like super cool candy, Star Wars eyeball candy, of, or Star Wars Star Trek eyeball candy of ships and spaceships and they show the mm-hmm. USS Nog and all that kind of stuff. Um, but... Um, oh, I didn't catch the USS Nog. That's great. Oh, you didn't catch the Nog? Yeah. They got they have a ship there, USS Nog. Um, and they... You know, so it's really cool and, and that, that felt big, right? And then, and then they come into the space station and it feels very small again there's kind of it doesn't feel like there's a a big place it just feels like a small little station right instead of a big federation of planets i guess it's maybe just they they haven't shown open walkways or lots of tons of people it just feels like 10 people on screen at the most maybe and they've only been dealing with like two actors at a time, <laughs> right? It's like right. it's like the X Men that that show up in the Deadpool movie. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like that's exactly I mean, right. You I'm know? I'm inclined, I'm inclined to say that that's that's budgetary. Like they're obviously I, it does. It they're way. obviously spending a lot of money on visual effects. Yeah, right. Like yeah. the the concepts that they're doing with like, um, like bots monitoring people's heart rates and pheromones and all that that kind of yeah. stuff like that's real like future kind of a little more um a little more dystopian than star trek usually gets but of course it is yeah. a sort of i don't know post apocalypse is right cuz that's picard picard is definitely post apocalyptic um yeah this is almost it's almost post post apocalyptic or something. So how do you how do you feel about this part? This goes along with that question, that statement you okay. made. Uh, 
skipping into this most recent episode, and, I, and I've been dancing across actual, not talking about the story story, mm-hmm. uh, but um, this one, this last episode felt to me like they were really decided they were going to dig their feet in and make this a Star Trek of the future show. They completely retrofitted Discovery. They made it right. a, a future ship. They gave them all future badges, and it felt like, okay, the, we are letting you know as a viewer, you're now watching Star, the, the, the furthest out future of Star Trek, and this is where we're going with this. Instead of, it does not feel like they have gotten to the future, and now they're going to find their way back home. Like every other show that feels like they're trying to try to make their way back home does. Oh, oh, I see. I see what you're saying. I don't. Right. I never, I never considered that a possibility. I think because, because the first two seasons were technically prequels in the canon. Yeah. Right. They, they fit, right. um, uh, you know, before the original series. Right. So they're yeah. between, um, Enterprise and the original series. Mm-hmm. And so they were limited. Um, and I mean, Strange New Worlds is going to have the same problem, but they were limited in their storytelling in terms of in terms of scope. Like there were things that they couldn't do in the big picture, um, you know, because of continuity. And they resolved that in the end of season two with a sort of, um, you know, cover up. But right. um, I, I yeah, find so- it. I just find it a little funny how they how the series has done that it felt i mean when you launched it and it was pitched and it was a show was was made it had to have been a core part of it that we're hey we're going to put this thing set in before kirk and spock that's what we're doing it that was like a center piece of it right it wasn't mm-hmm. that was a clear decision by the creators i bet i bet around the same time that they decided they wanted to make a pike spin-off strange new worlds I'll bet the writers sat down and said, boy, we're, I'm, I'm sick of this, you know, being hemmed in by continuity in the storyline. Like, what if, what if we figure out some way to send them into the future, like past yeah. any Star Trek we've seen, and then we can do, you know, not, not whatever we want, but, you know, we're not constrained in our story. Pretty much we're whatever like, they want. We're like, yeah. yeah, but people, you know, the, the nostalgia stuff is what people really want. But now that we're doing, cause you know, that they, discussed and and greenlit uh strange new worlds way before we knew like i think the actors have gone on record that they knew while they were filming season two of discovery that they were going to get their own show and it affected their their acting and their their writing and and all that stuff so i think once they made that decision they probably felt better about um you know putting together because really i mean the the whole story arc of season two was leading to them going into the future like i don't know that wasn't that maybe wasn't the the plan from the beginning like i could see that being something else any like well you know once you introduce time travel like anything's possible but um well i i, I feel I bet that, that was that's one the of way. the options from the beginning because they start that red angel stuff i feel like almost from the first episode of season two Oh, they did. They did. I, I, I do feel, and I, and I maybe we'll see this like you know everything's documented these days. Like in the future, we'll see behind the scenes makings of you know Star Trek Discovery series or whatever, um, and interviews. I, I, I bet it comes out that like they planned on doing prequel a prequel show, but if you look at season one, it's not really a prequel show. 
Like no, it's it, it's, it's so different. The the Klingons look different, and I think yeah, I think I heard a lot of that is still rights based, like like the issues Marvel has. Like oh really? Different production studios have um co- not it's copyright or trademark not trademark. I guess it would be copyright um over different styles of Klingons. And that's why the Klingons in season one look so weird because they couldn't get the rights to like the J.J. Abrams Klingons. That's funny. Well, I I mean, it's, I mean, it makes sense. And they really, yeah. So it's just like they, they wanted, they came out with the idea of making a a prequel series, but they never embraced it. It doesn't feel to me like they ever really embraced it. The, The closest they got to embracing it was, um, putting the enterprise, you know, in there. But then even then it didn't really embrace it because Spock was great, but that was not the Spock that we've known, right? It's a, just a different Spock. It's, yeah. it's the same Spock, but it's pre Spock what we know, which was fine, but it's yeah. not like, again, it's not like that they, if you're going to intentionally set something to cross it over, then you're banking on the star power of something. So Every time the writers, and it's a good thing, was what I'm trying to say, is that the writers were trying to make their own show and their own stuff. And for some reason, they made the decision to put it in the prequel time. They even gave it a spore drive, which made no sense, right? <laughs> uh, so they should have just set this in the future. I wonder also if they didn't have problems selling it to the studio of, of you know, the studio execs being what they are. Like, well, no one wants a new Star Trek. Right. I'm sure they were all grumpy yeah, about when, it. And when Discovery Trek. first started, I mean, I don't think if you did this, if if you did this season three of Discovery as the beginning of a show. Right. If you yeah, if you yeah, introduced right. the spore drive in the pilot, if you did Voyager. Right. Yeah. You introduce the spore drive in the pilot and then they like accidentally jump way into the future and can't and can't get back or something. And then that's just the whole show. I think it would have flopped. Yeah, I, I think if they would have started season three, like as season one, it w- would not have been very popular. I and mean, I don't. I popular. also, I also don't know if you, if you tried to do just Strange New Worlds, if that, if they'd done that instead of Discovery, I don't think they could have sold it to, to CBS. Yeah, that's the I biggest. Don't, thing I don't, th- I don't think sold it studio execs would believe that people would watch, you know, a. An, a, a, the original series with new graphics, right? Like yeah, we, I, I, we I just I had a version that, of that with right. the with the J.J. Abrams movies, and and they're you know they started out strong, but I assume that they're getting less with each each. Yeah, and, and and that's it had to have been the big selling point to the studio was um, that it's they're going to uh, grab onto the Kirk Spock nostalgia and pull in the fans, and it's going to be an online only thing. So CBS felt even more of a less risk than they did. Sure. Um, I bet you there was so much gamesmanship with the CBS execs. <laughs> and now here we are at season three and they, they're finally, the, the execs probably are no longer even looking at the show. They're just looking at the money coming in and being fine with signing off the checks that the <laughs> yeah. writers can now say like, okay, now let's, now let's actually move this to the Star Trek we want to make, which is, you know, a new Star Trek, you know, that's right. devoid of links to anything. Why not better than put them a thousand years into the future? That's, you know, and now we have season three with them telling the stories that they, they wanted to take do, which it, by my take feels so much more star Warsy than star Trekky, like a lot hmm. there. There's so much action and adventure and swashbuckling. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. It's more and, like, and, um, 
more like the movies, more like the Abrams movies. Yeah, it's it's totally like that, which is, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I, I'm enjoying most of it. I'm, I've also gone on record saying that Michael Burnham drives me nuts, and she continues to drive me nuts. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this show has more emotional, trying trying to make the 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 viewer care than any other thing. And I, and I don't necessarily think they always succeed. I know that they'll, they've killed off two people not naming names or spoilers. They've killed off two people in the series that mm-hmm. they've given them one episode to tell them about their backstory. And then they kill them. Yeah. Off. And, and it's like, and then they all do it. This very heartfelt crying funeral type thing. Really. I never got a chance to be invested in any of that. And then you have main characters that just, are constantly weeping and doing stuff. And then this last episode had a lot of Michael. And I think that if I just take the Michael Burnham out of it, it makes the show much more enjoyable to me. It's not yeah. even, it's not even that there's anything all that onerous or, or terrible about her character. It's just that she gets so much screen time. I mean, we've so much we've, if, you know, if you go back to star Trek of the nineties and even, you know, original series and, and enterprise, like, yes, you know, original series always took the seven main characters down on every away mission. Yeah. And clearly Kirk was the main hero of original series. Yeah. Um, But you go into next generation and yeah, maybe you don't see O'Brien very often, but you'll have whole episodes without Picard. Like Picard will show yeah. up in one scene Um right. or, you know, or Riker, you know, I, I randomly watched the next generation episode and it's that one with, uh, with Kalis, the, oh, know, yeah. the clone yeah. of Kalis comes back and you see, you see Riker and Picard in a couple of scenes, but you mostly see Worf the whole time. You see Worf and right. other Klingons. Um, and, and that's, and that's most of the episode and all that, like I'm giving all those examples to say that Star Trek historically has always been an ensemble cast. Yeah. Um, it's always been that's why I say the ship is the main character because um the ship is the in every episode yeah. <laughs> for the sure. most part. Um sure. and the the stories will be about all the different people. And I think they're trying to do more of that, but um season one and to a lesser extent season two were all about Michael Burnham. Like the whole story in season one was about how she did this thing that kicked off the war with the Klingons. Yeah. And well, season two is what they, her and the link to the red angel and yeah, her brother. And, that, and, and that's, and that same thing. Like I am, I am much more interested in what is going on with, I mean, uh, you know, the stuff with the burn and how they interact with the Federation is part of that story. Um, but you know, I want to see more about how this uh, this teenager with the Trill symbiote like integrates. Like we get just a little bit of that. We do. Um, we just get little, little bits of things. And and, and, and so that's a that's yeah. a long winded way of saying that the that the the real issue there is that there are these other characters that could be given interesting. So and you know they have been like we've gotten some of that with Saru, but we're spending so much time with Michael Burnham that we don't. There's not enough time for left for any of those other characters to. And I I don't know what it is, but I don't I don't have the ever dying devotion and love that seems like every single character on that ship has to Michael Burnham. And I can't I've watched all three seasons now and I can't think of what what it is that makes them so have such undying, loving devotion to her. Um, I can't I can't think of anything right now. I mean, she's done things. I don't don't know. know. And like she went through that whole period of time with everybody thinking she was. 
you know, a traitor kind of stuff. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I, anyway, I don't get it's, it. It's good. So it's, I'm going to keep watching I, it. I, I, I will. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's, that's just Michael. And I, and I think you're right. You know who I would love to have? If there was one character that I would center this around, I would love it to be, you know, um, why is his name escaping me? The, the captain. Um, Saru? His name. Saru, yeah. Like, Saru yeah. is a cool character. Like, he's got a backstory and a neat thing, and he's he's awesome, and he he makes right and good decisions, and everything he's done so far has been great. Like, when he, when he, he was a little timid at first, but then he was strong, and he comes forward and right. takes charge when he needs to and holds to his beliefs. And, and in this last episode, when they try to, like, almost... Anytime they were almost trying to knock him down with, maybe you should have came and talked to me about this. I almost, at that point, I actually did have an emotional reaction of like, hey, dude, he did the right thing, right? It, it mm-hmm. felt, and it, don't attack that captain. The captain's the, the awesome character. I could have Saru as a main character, but not Burnham, I guess. Is in, mm-hmm. they're, re- they're really forcing it. I think. Last Star Trek thing I was going to ask you this week. Uh, how come Michael Burnham never talks about her brother, Cybok? What? I don't her I mean, she's got a brother named Spock and Spock has a brother named Cybok that they were raised with, right? Oh. Yeah, I don't know. They never mentioned that one time. Even in uh, Discovery season 1 when or 2 when they're flashbacking to Spock always being a thing. Cybok was raised with him the whole time. Hmm. And they never mentioned that. Yeah, I don't they, I didn't remember. Are they that are they trying so to forget Star Trek 5 or something like that or 4 5? Oh, is that where that? Yeah, they could be. They could be trying to uh, trying to cancel Star Trek Five. It was pretty terrible. It was pretty terrible. But he it's was the, the main Phantom character in that whole Star thing, Trek. right? Uh, well, look, some Star Trek, Star Wars uh, seemed to embrace that this last episode, and looks like uh, Discovery is trying to ignore it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> good on Star Trek. Oh, all right. Mo- moving off of that one. Okay, you, we're you, we're again running long on time, like like <laughs> always. But let's um. I don't know that we have a ton to say about this movie because it's a tricky one, but let's get into our our weekly movie. All right. This week we watched a movie called The Deer Hunter. I'm going to pull it up on IMDb because I forgot before we started recording. A movie from 1978. Um, Michael Simino. I don't know how you pronounce that. Yeah. Um, Written, written and directed, and if I remember correctly, uh, no, no other director cred. No, I guess he did. He did. No, he did. Full. There's a. I I read a lot of bit about a little bit of the backstory of this because I kept trying to rationalize it. I, I read in a review somewhere that that um, that that was a thing, but this is this is a movie about Vietnam, although not really. Uh, and when, you know, Americans say Vietnam, we mean the American involvement in Vietnam War. Right. Um, it's, but it's not really about the war. Um, it's about the people in this small town and, you know, particularly the young men who go to Vietnam and then come back and how it affects and impacts their lives. Yeah. Um. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to hit the bell because it's hard to talk about this without spoiling the story. It's an old movie. It's an old um, movie that has a lot of star-studded cast in it. Robert De Niro. Yeah, I mean, Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken. 
Um, John it's got Cazale. Fredo in it. Mm-hmm. Meryl Streep. Fredo from The Godfather. Right, Fredo. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's John Cazale. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I'm gonna hit the bell. Yeah, I mean, I have, I, I don't have a lot here to say. I, yeah. I will, I will say that it was three hours that felt like six hours. I mean, it yeah, that, it, it wasn't was, that bad, but it was, it was like three hours, and oh it was goodness. not, it was not three hours like Seven Samurai's three hours. Um, there, I just, I had such a hard time, um, focusing on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, the first the half I watched, well I watched kind of distracted, so that's a little bit on me. But um, I still would like, you know, suddenly they transitioned from being in their in their small town to being in Vietnam, and it's like almost an hour into the movie, if not more. Yeah, and, and, that, and that first and that first half, I don't think felt like it needed to be. It could have been twenty minutes, or they spent so. You know what? There wasn't that darn wedding in real time, like. It, it, it kind of felt that way. And it's, I think, I think that's the intention of this movie. It's not like this was, uh, 1978. So it's after, um, but I don't think very long after, I don't know this before my time and I've never studied the Vietnam war, but, um, I think it was three, three or four years after the Vietnam war. Yeah. Ended. So just a couple of years after. And so, you know, audiences at the time would be watching this and the movies that, all of the other movies, maybe not all of them, but at, at least at this time, all the other movies you saw about war, or at least the Vietnam War, there were movies sort of like this about World War II, but World War II was a completely different social and political event yeah, for sure. to the Vietnam War. Um, the movies were all about the war, right? The really, yeah. you know, glorifying kind of, you know, even even Apocalypse Now, which I think was before it came this. out after came out oh, a year after, after this so so there mm-hmm. no wasn't even apocalypse now yet um yeah. but probably just a lot of those like the movies that tropic thunder is making fun of right yeah, yeah. um yeah. just really like uh you know super patriotic uh you know hero in the thing carrying his brother out of the field and um the choppers and and all this kind of stuff and this is this is not that at all. It's like here are yeah. all these people, and they're in this small town, and you you think this way about them, but it's it's all very it's all very realistic and natural in a yeah. kind of frustrating way as a modern viewer. Yeah, like, it's, we, it's the can we the move thing, this? Thing, like, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but it's it's not effective because I'm I'm you know I'm bored I'm bored. I'm just I'm yeah, just bored. I'm, I'm bored. like this could be this could be two hours. Like you could take a full hour of a bunch of these long dramatic, like you're supposed to get that. There's like a little bit of complicated relationship in this thing between Meryl Streep, Robert De Niro and, and Christopher Walken, but then not really. And it's just a sort of, it's, it's more like what we call a chronicle. When I talk about Lord of the Rings, it's like, it's just a telling of all the things that happened. It it might be autobiographical for the author. I don't know. Um, no, it was not. But the people in the, like I skimmed a couple of the 10 star reviews on IMDb. And they're mostly from people who saw it 
at the time or when it was relatively yeah, new that's that's and, super key and said and said and even and even in movies that have come after said they've never seen a movie that um that portrays the impact of the war on small town america um the way that this movie did and that's and i mean that's fair. i it just would totally disagree i i watched uh forrest gump and it sounds silly but that had a very real feeling to it and well i mean vietnam and bubba and his relationship there and how he came back and how people sure. treated him and i mean it's it's not as super you know actor heavy drama serious but it's it's still there's uh, my point was there's uh, there's been a lot of other movies that have done that since then this this the, the key here was just what you explained before was that this makes this list because of when it was put out it was put out when you're during the war, it's a very risky proposition to put a very anti-American or anti-nationalist thing, whether you're in Britain or England or Africa or Nigeria or any place that's in a war to put a film out that's anti your country or anti the thing you're trying to do is a very risky endeavor. But once that thing is over, telling stories about it is actually a really good and uh, rich environment to write about right and mm -hmm. whoever this this writer and director made this movie very timely right right they had to have been on it afterwards thinking about it beforehand think about what they wanted to do and then after a couple years after the war's over they they struck when the iron was hot right when it was the time to come out and they put out this movie talking about people and how they had ptsd and when they didn't know what ptsd was um, right. and how they felt and, and it was still at a time when people were coming home and so many people were struggling with that. They came home and they weren't welcomed. Right. right? And, right. and, and no one is, is talking about it. It's three or four years ago. It's hardly anything for these guys. Right. Yeah. Um, it's still, they're still living it every single day. So this is the first time and you watch this show and it's finally saying something about it. That's what made it super impactful at the time. Now the movie itself is not that great. The message right. that they're saying is not not yeah, said yeah. very that's, well. It's just that's a, first. that's a little bit where I I landed too. And there's there's also an element of um well, I don't know an element, but a you know connection back here to um I've heard that said about Star Wars, right? Star Wars was seventy seven, sure, sure, uh, the year before this, yeah. Um and you know I've I've heard and I and I agree to an extent. Star Wars is a war movie. Right, it's got war in okay. the name. I know people don't yep. think of it as a war movie because it's science sure. fiction, but yeah, it always is. it's one hundred percent kid in a small town wants to join the air force and yeah. and go shoot down the Nazis. Like, yeah, yeah. But because it's science fiction, um, it did very well in this time where the the audience for war movies was in a in a massive decline. Right, like the yeah. the American consumers appetite for war movies was at an all-time low at least yeah. literal war movies because they had to well they had made they made apocalypse now like a year or so before that right yeah. uh well no this is 78 so we're still oh that's right a year ahead. after yeah right you could do movies like apocalypse now or the deer hunter but that's not that's not a fun war movie in the way that yeah. star wars is or um yeah I don't know any of those John Wayne ones or well later, um, later on they made this exact same kind of movie and they called it Rambo. Um, now 
Rambo clearly was much more actiony and explody and stuff. But the original Rambo, if you sit down and watch it, is him coming from back from the Vietnam War and then this small town and they are just picking on him and constantly giving him crap because of him being from the war and a, and a vet. Yeah. And this the this first movie, half of the movie is that this movie didn't address that really that I saw. I mean, you see some stuff on the news. This was, this was the other way. Like nobody, even though the people in the small town were, if not Russian at the very least, like Eastern European, yeah. um, they were all, a hundred percent team USA for this whole thing. And when the guys yeah. come back home, everybody, you know, so, I mean, that was part of the problem, right. For Robert De Niro's character. Like yeah. he could not, he could not I handle being in a room full of people, you know, praising him for the stuff that he had to do over there. Yeah. Um, and so, so this was the opposite, the opposite kind of thing. Um, but that, right. like they weren't well i mean they, the i guess what i was saying there was because that, they were in a small town where people you know they were you know the the very the very patriotic kind of rust belt as we as we call it now um um kind of people and there were no there were no complicated like political liberal um ideas about the war in this group it was just the, the people the personal personal um issues and, and struggles and conflicts of these people yeah yeah and and, and and at the end of the day moving into final judgment here mm -hmm. um it was boring <laughs> I, yeah I, I i'm not gonna offend people that, that really loved it who are i don't know 50 years old now um or 55 or whatever that was at the time back then you, you know right. yeah i get what it was in time i know going to the theater when this is something that's in your mind and, and how it, it, it speaks the truth. I, I can see that if somebody put out a, a movie in two or three years about the stuff that we've gone through right now, um, a lot of people will like it. I'm like, oh man, people are saying a thing and here's a movie that tells, tells it like it is. But this doesn't, this doesn't do it well. It's not fun to watch. It's, you, take out, you take out the fact that where it sits in its release date of, of history... Mm -hmm. It's not a movie that would make this list by far. It wouldn't yeah. make it at all. You uh, know, by by ratings, I, I usually say this at the top, but by ratings on IMDb, it's ranked one hundred and eighty four. Yes, so it's a, that's it's above a lot of things, right. but it also won five Oscars, right? So it's that, just one of those thing, things yeah. that gets talked about and and reviewed a lot. I think I think we're on the same page with this. I don't yeah. know what else I would put on here. Um, I know. I remember seeing we we were soldiers with Mel Gibson. I don't know if that holds up. It's like ten years old now, but um, yeah, Born on the Fourth of July. That's another great one. Right? I never saw that one, but yeah, that's that's a that's a real good one. You know, I don't. This is this is one hundred percent a one of those movies that I call academic. Like it's significant in the history of film. Um, yeah, it it had its impactful moments. I had you know. I had those, those sort of emotional scene. feelings at the at the stressful yeah. scenes and and kind of things, but it it struggles from a lot of that uh, um, just older kind of um, uh, social interactions, like between men and women, and and things of that 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 you would you would maybe get in um, you know like The Godfather that came yeah. out around the same time, but the rest of the story was not as 
not as engaging. It was just sort of, it was either boring or it was stressful. And yeah, yeah so I would... I would, I would not recommend anyone I know to watch the show. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I mean, don't think, so. like, would, if you don't already know about it and have, have seen it, it's, it's also depressing. So, yeah. That, I mean, that, if, if you, if you were someone of the age that this, to watch this when it came out, you already watched it. No one else going from then forward has any reason, real reason to watch it. And, yeah, and we'll yeah. point to two other better movies that came out since then that anyone now watches time and, and you've got a bucket list to go through this one. Uh, I got a bunch more to put there that would fill every single check mark that this one doesn't. Mm-hmm. So for that. Okay. And my other it sounds like I'm really bashing on it. it. Just, I didn't hate it. It just was like not a good movie, you know? And, and the, and the actors were, were good actors. They did with what they could with what they had. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, Robert De Niro and, and Christopher Walken and Meryl Streep are all, very very successful prolific actors this is early in their career maybe one of the first films christopher walken ever made he's not you know doing christopher walken kind of parody his is has become a stereotype um right all i mean those those performances are are all real you know the acting is all really he he won for this by the way that's i mean the award for this yeah i think i think if you if you saw like a tv edit or something of this movie that was like two maybe even like an hour 45 long i think maybe you could have gotten all of that emotional impact <laughs> Take half with, of it out yeah without sure. um without seeing you know without at least in my case like getting so bored that i've lost track of what was happening um the, the, the wedding in this one was longer than the wedding in the godfather so how's that for you yeah yeah i mean it was almost the whole the whole first hour was right. was this way. So so next week we have our last and final ch- 2020 challenge and we have saved Star Wars which is all four of them which we've seen a billion times. All all, um, all three of them? All, oh, I thought we're watching all nine. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> you, no, sorry. You yes. said four. I'm like, which four sorry, do you I, mean? I was thinking in my mind, uh, well, I, I actually was going to say four because I was hoping we could actually watch the Christmas special. Oh, that week. Lego thing? No, like the actual old school terrible oh, one. I think I saw one? it when I was a kid, and I've never actually seen it again. I mean, we I could we could do that. We we're, we're already watching three movies. Why don't we wait? Oh um, come on! It's like it's. I hear it's supposed to be so bad. I said I watched it when I was a kid, and I haven't seen it since. And I only remember of like all you see is the memes of the terrible Ewok looking thing. I mean, I've watched and... I've watched YouTuber reactions to it, so I have some of the. Oh, have you? <laughs> You've probably seen it sooner than I have. Then. Some of the notes. Uh some of the notes there but um for for uh episodes as we call them episodes four and six um i have the 4k fan like remasters of those that the theatrical release done in 4k so i at least am going to watch those and then they haven't finished empire yet so um i'll probably just watch the normal uh despecialized as they call it the you know without all the yeah yeah cgi Watching through, and, and I'm sure we won't have a, a ton more to say about them, but I think that looking at it, the perspective of, you know, is this still something good to watch? We've seen nine movies of this now, and we've seen Mandalorian. There's, it's, it's a cultural icon these nowadays. If if you're gonna go and you've got a, a year to live, and is this worth watching these three mm-hmm. in general? I think that's still, I think that's still a question that, that you can, you know ask someone could ask if i've never seen star wars is it, it should, can i just watch seven eight nine because it's new 
I'm you know, or I'm pretty sure or, there are uh, eleven movies, by the way. Oh, there's there's eleven movies. Is that right? oh yeah? Because that's right. Because there's the oh, Rogue solo one, and Rogue one, and solo yeah. right? Yeah. Anyway, yep. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. that's that's our that's our last bit. And then coming down, and then we'll watch some Christmas movies, probably. Yeah, because well, the Christmas be, Prince again, it'll right? be December by then. <laughs> okay, cool, man. We got it. All Saved right. all sorts of lives tonight. Sweet. We did it. Well, you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode one hundred and seventy. Thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you like Star Trek role-playing or Star Trek role-playing, you can check out our other podcast. It is called Klingons and Dragons. Uh, I should have a new episode up by the time this airs. If you have questions, comments, feedback, uh, suggestions for what we should do for a for a challenge or, or something similar going into 2021, um, you can contact us via email. That address is frontporchpod.com at gmail.com or go to our website frontporchpodcast.com and use contact forms over there if you enjoy the front porch please consider subscribing on spotify overcast apple podcasts wherever podcasts are found thanks again for listening and until next time i'm dennis and i'm michael for the front porch night everybody see you next time